that you might have um, occasion to respond to the preaching of God's Word this morning. What caused the people of Nineveh to repent? That certainly gives you one of the prime points of the message today. Did God change his mind about Nineveh? Think about that one as we, we go through the text and then answer why or why not. And then a question that you really want to reflect on, have you, have you ever experienced a miracle? As always, I am fully aware, greatly aware of the honor, the privilege, the joy it is to stand before you this morning, God's word between us, that I might... Uh, that I might share with you, that I might encourage you in God's Word, and that I might fulfill the calling of a pastor, contribute to your growing up in Christ. In a book of miracles contained in a book of miracles. Today we will encounter that which is the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle in all the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. We have experienced, we've encountered that the word of the Lord came to Jonah the first time, a very similar calling. The word of the Lord came to Jonah and told him to get up and go to that city of Nineveh, an evil city where the evil had come before the Lord. Jonah decided he did not want to do what God had called him to do. He had other plans, other ideas, other intentions, other purposes. He had his own will. And so Jonah booked passage on a ship headed to a far land. And as they got underway and went to sea, a great storm came up. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that not only did we encounter the miracle that God had spoken to Jonah. But now God brings a, this storm, this, this terrible storm, a great storm, a, a, a torment, cast the ship about and the sailors decide that this is something that God is doing. They come to the conclusion, as Jonah tells them, that he is the one, it's his fault that God has brought this calamity on the ship. They throw Jonah overboard. God appoints a great fish. The fish swallows Jonah. Jonah is three days in the belly of the great fish from whence he prays to God. And the fourth or fifth miracle, depending upon how you want to count them, the, 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 uh, the great fish uh, regurgitates Jonah. 
He vomits Jonah out onto the beach. Now, we don't know. Certainly there must be some time, something that transpires between when Jonah is now lying there on the beach in a state which we could only imagine. And now that the, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time, I think it's fair to say that as we read these events, I think it's fair to say that God was patient with Jonah. Now, you may or may not agree. You may, you may think God was not at all patient with Jonah. What with the whole storm and fish and everything. But it certainly seems to me that, that God was bringing about his purpose, his will in this man Jonah through a, a, a constructive... God, God was not punishing Jonah... When he, when he was in the belly of the fish. But rather, God was, uh, let's say, disciplining. Is that good? God was disciplining. He, this word discipline doesn't, doesn't mean punish. This word discipline means that, that contributing to the improvement of. It's a lot like the word educate. So, I, <laughs> they do go together. Yeah. And so God was, was, was working in the life of Jonah, and I think he was being very patient. And now, now as, as we read in 2 Peter chapter 3, the Lord, is, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I think the Lord was patient with Jonah. And I think the Lord is patient with you and I. But let us be sure that we do not presume upon God's patience. If Abby was here, she would say, So God... The word of the Lord comes to Jonah the second time. Go to Nineveh, call out against it. The message that I tell you. Jonah's going to go to Nineveh, and he's going to take a message that God will tell him at such time and in such place as God deems it appropriate. Jonah now must obey. Jonah must, by faith, trusting in the word of the Lord, committing himself to a message that will yet be given to him. Jesus, as much as said the same thing to his uh, followers, his disciples, actually on a, a couple of different occasions, we have the understanding from the New Testament that God is the one who gives the message in its time. Mark 13, 11, Jesus says to his, his followers, when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now, I think this is a, 
a very valuable and very important point for us to take with us to Nineveh with Jonah. That it is, it is, not, it is not Jonah. And believe me, I'm going to come back to this. It's not Jonah that's speaking here, but it's the word of the Lord. It is the Spirit of God that's working through Jonah. Obedient now, Jonah, this this once rebellious, this one self-willed, this once my own purpose, Frank Sinatra, Jonah wanted to do it his way. Now, Jonah preaches in Nineveh. No longer is Jonah fearful of the people of Nineveh. No fear of man. Jonah is no longer practicing self-determination. Jonah is faithful, obedient. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to cry into the city going a day's journey, began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Jonah is God's servant. Jonah is God's ambassador. Jonah brings God's message to the city of Nineveh. Preaching now here in this evil city a message of destruction. Forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There was good evidence that God could and would do this very thing. For the experience, the events, what happened in those evil cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, trust me, this was common knowledge. This was known throughout the region. This didn't happen that these two, city were, two cities were destroyed in a flash, but what people in that region weren't aware of it. And so it has been that calamity, destruction, death has befallen people throughout the ages. Some seven, eight hundred years later, Jesus was to say to the crowd that was following him, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jonah's message in the mouth of the Son of God. And what happens? Continuing in chapter 3, the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. 
And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Nineveh responds. Nineveh responds. Nineveh repents. How would you turn around an evil people such as those in Nineveh? How would you go about changing who they are, how they act, what they do? How would you go about making Nineveh a God-fearing people? We have a valuable lesson from the Lord himself. For he accomplishes it by his word through his servant. This has been, in fact, if you just review the accounts from Genesis to Revelation, this has been God's practice throughout the ages. He accomplishes his purpose, his will, by his word, through his servant. Powerful is the word of God. Effective is the word of God. These people, this evil city of Nineveh, respond to the proclamation of God's word. They believed God. Remember I said it was important to notice who it was that was getting the credit here. And it's not Jonah. They believed God. It was God whom they heard. It was God that was speaking into their lives. They understood, they knew, they believed that God had visited them by His Word. And so it is that the hearing of God's Word always calls for, demands that the hearer would believe. Belief is the, the essential, the necessary, the required response to the hearing of God's Word. Nothing else precedes belief. Not join the church not even confess your sins, not even repentance. For all of these will follow as necessary to faith, to believing the Word of God. These people of Nineveh, these evil people whose evil had come before the face of God, 
They believe God's Word, and there's a change in them. We read here in Jonah chapter 3 that they change from ostentatious to modest, from gluttony to fasting. The very meaning of life changes for them. A proud people now humble themselves before God. in humbling themselves before God. They cry out to God. This is what people who believe God's Word do. This is the the changed life of the believer. A people who cry out, a people who pray to God, those who believe God's Word, those who believe that God will do what He has said. They cry out to God, knowing that only in Him is their hope. They cry out to God, knowing that there is no other salvation save from the one who has promised to visit His wrath. They cry out to God, not the silky, syrupy, sappy prayers of the the Pharisee, but the prayer that cries out to God, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. No excuses. No explaining things to God. Crying out to God in humble contrition. In 1741, Jonathan Edwards, visiting at a church in Connecticut, preached a sermon that has become a classic of the ages, a sermon entitled, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. If you would allow me a short quote. There's nothing that keeps wicked men at any one moment out of hell but the mere pleasure of God. O sinner, consider the fearful danger you are in. It is a great furnace of wrath, a wide and bottomless pit, full of the fire of wrath that you are held over in the hand of that God whose wrath is provoked and incensed as much against you as against many of the damned in hell. You hang by a slender thread with the flames of divine wrath flashing about it and ready every moment to singe it and burn it asunder. You have no interest in any mediator, nothing to lay hold of to save yourself, nothing to keep off the flames of wrath, nothing of your own, nothing that you ever have done, nothing that you can do, to induce God to spare you one moment. But hear the word of the Lord. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We don't see the word repent here in Jonah chapter 3. But what we do see 
is the definition of the word repent. What we see is the, the perfect illustration of the word repent. Repentance begins with the word of God, believing the word of God, being changed by the word of God, people who believe, who hear and believe the word of God repent of their sins and their lives are changed. And this precedes what is the greatest miracle in all of the book of Jonah. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do it to them, and he did not do it. Jonah's preaching, according to the word of God, was as all such warnings are, an invitation to repent and avert the promised judgment. I was so delighted that Brother Kenny read from Jeremiah this morning. For here we have God establishing his intentions, his, his purpose, when he says, If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And I immediately thought of, If my people called by my turn from their wicked ways. So, so, what about the king in Nineveh? He's a strange guy, isn't he? I don't know. He says, let's, let's, let's repent. Let's change our ways. Let's, let's do what we can. Let's, let's humiliate ourselves before God. Let's cry out. Let's pray to God. Let's do it. And maybe, I like this guy. He, he doesn't presume upon God. He doesn't say, let's make God do what we want him to do. Let's pray a prayer that tells God what we expect of him. He says, no, let's do everything that is in our power. And maybe God will relent. And so it is. So it is that there is a great miracle. For God is not compelled. We see nothing here that now requires that God decide not to bring the destruction on Nineveh. Jonah's message, 40 days. And it's Nuke City. God is not compelled. And yet, we see the manifestation 
of God's grace. It is God who decides. It is God who chooses. It is God who relents from that which he had said he would do. It is in his grace that he leaves Nineveh, does not bring destruction. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. John writes of his experience in the Revelation chapter 19. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. The glory of the righteous Son of God pierces the darkness of our sin the instrument both of the wrath of God and the salvation of God. Not something that we earn by our own virtue, for if virtue was measured in grains of sand and you had all of the sand of all of the beaches in Florida, you would be no closer to attaining salvation than the reprobate who had but one grain. For God's standard would be every grain in the entire universe. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not your own doing, is the gift of God. Neither can salvation be earned by one's own sinless perfection or perhaps your idea of your approach to sinless perfection. For whoever, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. And as it is written, there is none righteous, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all Ninevites. Our evil has come before the Lord and his wrath is ours to fear. We are all Ninevites who must cry out to God for we need a miracle. 
We need a great miracle. And it is God who has provided by His grace that sinners may be forgiven and the gift of life eternal might be granted. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. God has wrought once again a great miracle for those who who believe His Word, those who hear the Word of God, those who receive the Word of God, those who believe the Word of God and whose lives are changed as they repent of their sin which they acknowledge, confess before a righteous and holy God and claim His salvation in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. It is nothing less than a great miracle. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, said, Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. God, by His grace, does a great miracle in the lives of those who turn from sin and turn to Him in faith. Believe God. Nineveh believed God, not Jonah. And the call of God's Word today is believe God. God, not Bill, believe the Word of God. Repent. Repent, therefore. Turn back that your sins may be blotted out. The Word of the Lord came to Jonah. The Word of the Lord came to Nineveh. And the Word of the Lord has come to you today. Would you bow with me? Our Heavenly Father, how grateful we are for your word. We pray now, O Lord, that by your Holy Spirit that you would grant ears to hear and eyes to see that we might turn and be saved. In Jesus' name, Amen. Brother Bill.